Hi, my name is Michael Lefebvre. Welcome to my podcast, The Bible is Beautiful. This episode is the second in a six-part series on the book of Jonah. In this episode, I want to look at the opening scene of the book, Jonah's escape to the sea. In Jonah chapter 1, the prophet is running away from God. Here is the quick summary of the chapter. God calls Jonah to go to Nineveh. But instead, Jonah heads the opposite direction to Joppa. There he gets on a ship bound for Tarshish. Jonah is running away from God. Once at sea, the Lord sends a storm upon the ship. Terrified at the storm, the sailors begin to cry out in prayer. But Jonah hides below deck and falls asleep. When he is found and wakened by the sailors, Jonah confesses that the storm is God's judgment on him because he is running. The sailors try to save Jonah by rowing back to shore, but they cannot. Finally, at Jonah's instruction, they cast him overboard, and the scene closes with the sailors worshiping God with sacrifices. That is the opening scene of the book in a nutshell. It has all the elements of a serious drama, but it is also shaped in a way to bring out the folly of trying to run from God and to show how laughable it is. As I introduced in the previous episode, this is an ancient comedy with a serious message. The story's humor begins in its opening lines. The writer's opening gag is a tease on the word rise. Catch the word play here. In the opening line, God tells Jonah, Arise, go to Nineveh. Normally, when we hear that in the Bible, in the next line, the prophet does what he is commanded. In every other prophet's story in the entire Old Testament, the call to go is followed by the prophet going. On a few occasions, like in the call of Moses back in Exodus, the prophet confesses his unworthiness, but he always goes. Jonah's story surprises us. After God says, Arise, go to Nineveh, the narrator tells us, Jonah rose to flee. With that repeated use of the word arise, the first joke is spun. He got up just like God told him, but then he went in the opposite direction, as far away as possible toward Tarshish. To a Hebrew audience accustomed to the stories of the prophets, That opening startles, and yes, it looks stupid. It is foolish, like when watching a comedy movie, when the protagonist does something so stupid, the audience laughs and groans. Oh man, you've got it coming. This prophet ain't doing what he's supposed to, and we are on the edge of our seats to see what happens next. In like manner, there are humorous turns of phrase and witty ploys throughout the story. But the main joke in the story is the role reversal at its climax. The story throws a prophet and a crew of pagan sailors into a storm of God's judgment together to see what happens. The humor emerges as the sailors act the role of the prophet, while the prophet acts like an infidel with no fear of God. We are being confronted with a serious lesson in a manner that makes us laugh at its foolishness. By way of comparison, imagine a comedy movie today. Imagine a family comedy in which the parents are fumbling and oblivious 
while the children roll their eyes and solve the problem that saves the day. You've seen that formula a hundred times in modern big-screen comedies. That is a typical example of the classic role-reversal joke, and it makes us laugh. But done well, it also convicts us. For instance, the parent-child role-reversal joke, when done well, can be a healthy reminder to parents not to take ourselves too seriously and not to dismiss our kids' perceptions too hastily. Sometimes kids are more perceptive than we give them credit and really can contribute wisdom to a family crisis. When told well, a role-reversal comedy can make us laugh and teach us a valuable lesson. That is what happens through the surprising story of Jonah's flight to the sea. Let's look a little closer at the contrasting movements of Jonah and the sailors. At the moment when the storm struck, Jonah and the sailors go in opposite directions. Jonah goes down. In fact, he has been going down for a while already. He went down to the Phoenician port city of Joppa. He went down into the ship when he got there. And then, when the storm hit, he went down into the lower deck to hide. Jonah responds to God's command and God's judgment by going down, hiding, and ultimately going to sleep. Like watching the Keystone Cops, the audience watches Jonah, knowing he should be running one way, but instead he is running the other way. And he is the one with no fear of God, such that he falls asleep in the storm. Meanwhile, the sailors also flip stereotypes. Joppa, where Jonah met them, was a port city of the Phoenicians. Throughout the Old Testament, the Phoenician sea merchants are stereotyped as rich, greedy, and ruthless. That was their stereotype. But in this story, we are surprised with a completely different picture. When the storm arises, they are at first afraid of the storm. And that fear motivates them to pray, at first each to his own deity. But their own deities never respond, and the storm worsens. So listen to what they conclude. This is the statement of the Phoenician sea captain as he wakes Jonah and urges Jonah to join their prayer vigil. What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call to your God, perhaps the God, that is, perhaps your God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. None of the gods of the sailors have helped. None of those other gods care enough to pay attention. But maybe Jonah's God is the one who gives a thought to us in our trouble. That phrase, to give a thought to us, is a term of notice, of compassion, the ship's captain realizes his own gods have failed the test of compassion. He is the one who concludes that if there is compassion in heaven, it must be found with Jonah's God. Wow, do you see what's happening here? The pagan mariner in the story is preaching the compassion of God to the sleeping prophet. How bizarre is that? The Phoenician captain urges the prophet to hope in the mercy of his God and to pray. After that confrontation, Jonah is exposed 
and admits that the storm is indeed the work of his God. It is God's anger, because Jonah is running. Again, at that revelation of God's anger, the sailors are the ones who respond as a prophet ought to respond. Initially, they have been afraid at the storm. But in verse 10, the narrative reports that now they are exceedingly afraid of God. They exhibit the fear of the Lord that is lacking in despondent Jonah. And then this takes the cake. Listen to how the sailors respond when they discover the storm is God's judgment against Jonah. Jonah told them they must cast him overboard to stop the storm. But instead, we read, the men rode hard to get back to dry land. Maybe instead of throwing him overboard, they could take Jonah back to shore, and he could yet go to Nineveh. Maybe he could yet obey, appease God's wrath, and be spared. That is compassion. That's the kind of compassion for those under God's judgment that Jonah ought to have. Jonah could not have cared less about the lives of the sailors he endangered or the Ninevites he ignored. But the sailors do care about Jonah. Rather than throwing him overboard, they tried desperately to row and row to fight against the waves and take Jonah back to shore. But they could not do it. At last, they call out to Jonah's God in prayer. They surrender to his purpose and cast Jonah over. As soon as Jonah hits the waves, we read, The sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered sacrifice to the Lord. Talk about irony. At the end, who is found enjoying peace with God and standing at the altar of his worship? And who is found cast off to the judgment of heaven's wrath? We who serve God today, like Jonah then, are often quick to assume that we can expect God's favor. And we take it for granted that the idolaters out there deserve his wrath. This comic role reversal story flips those stereotypes on their heads and exposes our folly. Sinners like the Phoenicians need to know God's compassion. They learn to love and to worship him when they discover his compassion. And the duty of the prophet is not to condemn, but to love. The whole story is a comedy of role reversal. That makes it funny, but it also is a story filled with conviction. I think the story of Jonah is a story for today. In a day when our society is filled with anger and divisions, we Christians need to redouble our commitment to rise above the anger and model compassion, especially compassion for our enemies. The mark of the Christian is supposed to be his or her love for an enemy, not ignoring the problems, but loving through them. That other political party, that other racial group, that other economic class, however justified your anger, you must carry it with love. And when Christians fail to fear God and to love our neighbor, don't be surprised if God humbles us through the words of those very enemies. Don't be surprised to hear your enemies, like the Phoenician sailors, 
preaching to you the principles of compassion that you have forgotten. In the next episode, we will leave the Phoenicians behind and follow Jonah as he encounters the wrath of God and learns afresh his own need for God's grace.